Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Top of the morning, everybody. Good morning. Happy Thursday, March 3rd. Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. We are live on the Podbean app. Every morning, Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Mountain Time. Join in, join the conversation. You can click that little call-in button. You can ask your questions, join the conversation, win some cool prizes. Be cool. Stay cool. <laughs> Lane rolled his eyes at me. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I was just I was just reading. Sorry. Uh -huh. That's how I read. Yeah. Okay. I read in a in an eye rolling way. Semi-circle motion. <laughs> oh boy. Minus 10 out there this morning. Is that feels like minus 18-ish, I think. Good time here in Edmonton, Edmonton Leduc area. <laughs> Gonna be a beautiful weekend though. So just hang in there. Is it really? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I will. Um, were you noticing something before the show? Yeah, right before Wayne clicked the live button, he's like, oh, shit, there's already six people waiting. I guess I should start the show. And I was like, what? I didn't say that. Yes, you did. No, I said it's 6.01. Oh, <laughs> we had mass confusion over here, you guys. I was like, how are people already waiting? Oh. I didn't understand. I'm like, that's how they get their edge. That's how they're always in so quickly. Oh, no, you're. I just misheard you. Okay. That's a huge that's embarrassing. For, <laughs> You're embarrassing. For you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't feel embarrassed. So that's that's a good thing, I guess. We, uh, upcoming events. Upcoming events. Upcoming events. Uh, Real Estate Investing Cabinet Retreat. April 1st. The hottest event in Alberta. <laughs> uh, April 1st through 3rd. That's a weekend three-day retreat in Alberta Beach with... Wayne and Gabby. Yours truly. And a small group of other investors get to spend the weekend devising your master plan for real estate investing. It's awesome. It's awesome. Just put it that <laughs> way. If you don't believe it, just ask other people who've been there. It's it's um it's a really, really amazing weekend. It's uh it's the weekend that you need to you you absolutely absolutely how do you pronounce that word? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's sorry. I misspoke. You have to do before you get started in real estate investing. And if you've already started, then you this is the next thing that you have to do. Yeah. Um, you need to have a plan. And that's what we're really good at. We're good at laying it all out, figuring out exactly what it is that you want and why you want it. <coughs> and then getting you a roadmap to your goals based off of that and the resources that you have right now. We never have any idea what strategy mm -hmm. each person is going to use. Yeah. I was blown away. Last last retreat, mm -hmm. rent to own. Where the hell did rent to own come from? Yeah. Rent to own's never been part of the conversation. It Bam. super appealed to a couple people. Super appealed yeah. to a few people. So you never know mm -hmm. because once you understand what it is that you're trying to accomplish, you then choose the best strategy that complements that. Yeah. 
that's going to get you to your goal as quickly as possible. Well, and it's not also not always just about how fast it is. It's also about what complements your life. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Um, It's a journey. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's not just about the destination. You want the journey to be fun as well. Absolutely. It's not the kill. It's the thrill, the chase, as Deep Purple says. (laughs) Okay, Deep Purple. (laughs) Any opportunity I can reference one of my favorite bands. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, you never know. And, and, and. And I'm, maybe I'm a little biased, but I think that this is the the real, true way to reach success. Yeah. Um, I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of people lately, and um, the amount of people that have taken the the amount of people that have invested a significant amount of money into themselves and they still haven't seen any success is is blowing my mind. Yeah. Taking this course, Still I'm taking that for course, I'm taking yeah. this course, I'm taking that course, taking this course. I'm ready to take it to the next level, or I just I feel like I just have another gear in me, or I just haven't really quite done anything yet. And I mean, don't get me wrong, for some for some people, it's just you, it's mm-hmm. just you. Um, but we we always try to figure out what, why isn't it working. Yeah, you know, you you invest money into yourself. When you invest money into yourself, when you invest into a course or a, a program or something like that, the intention is to get a solution. Mm-hmm. You are paying for a solution. I need to do this. I don't have this. Therefore, I am willing to pay for this in order to get that solution. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, so many people are investing so much money and they're not getting the solutions, mm-hmm. which makes me incredibly sad. Um, but that's that's why we... We put together these different programs and platforms, events and platforms, sorry, um, specifically because we what we want is we're trying to figure out, we're trying to fill that gap. The cabin retreat is, is all about you know creating a plan. The lack of education in the market, and that's why we created the podcast and the Facebook group. Yeah. Join our new Facebook group, um, Real Estate Investors. Real Estate Investing Masters. I can't talk these last three days. It's killing me. <laughs> it's killing me. I can't speak. You got this. What's it called again? Real Estate Investing Masters. Yes. It's a new Facebook group. We're doing live training every Friday, plus the morning show. So we're trying to fill those gaps for you guys. The only missing key ingredient is action. Yeah. That's it. That's that's, that's on you guys. We're going to give you all the tools. Um, we have a guest speaker today. I'm just checking to see if he's here. And he's hiding in here somewhere. He's a forced guest speaker. Okay. We didn't give him a chance. He's on the fourth page. That's why. <laughs> but he I'm really excited. Yeah, he says hello. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm really excited about it because um, Jeremy Heeman, he uh, he brought up a topic yesterday that I know nothing about. Mm-hmm. And I said. Only way we're going to talk about it is if you call in. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd have to do it as one of our Friday live training sessions that I'd have to go research it. So, you know what? Why don't we just have him in? So, um, we're going to have him in here in a few uh, in a few minutes here. Um, Jeremy, just hit the call in button and we'll we'll send you, we'll click the invite once, once we're ready. The other upcoming event, obviously, I mentioned Friday's upcoming live training. Yep. On our Real Estate Investing Masters Facebook group. Yep. Join the group on Friday. We'll be... Uh, 7 p.m. Mountain Time. 7 p.m. Mountain Time. We'll be doing a live training session every Friday at 7 p.m. As well, 
March 13th, Sunday, March 13th is our um, uh, Fix and Flip Investor Meetup. Investor Meetup, yeah, at our uh, Fix and Flip property in St. Albert. Um, so that'll be a good chance to, what time is it at? I never asked you. That's a terrific question. Two to four or something like that? I have it right here. That's what we usually do, I think. Um, a little earlier this time. Oh, okay. Uh, one to... <laughs> I think I decided on one to four. Okay. I think I put an extra hour because... Um, more people? More people and everybody, we're always trying to kick people out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one to three, actually. One to three. One to three, but... I was, um, I'm assuming it'll go a little bit longer and that way we have a little bit of Sounds flexibility good. and we're not trying to rush home to make dinner for the kid. Yeah. So we just, um, started the renovation on our, um, on our fix and flip property in St. Albert. So we're going to do a series of three open houses, uh, one, as you know, on the 13th. So it'll be pretty much demoed and just kind of starting to do some random stuff in there. Yeah. Um, and then another one kind of midway along when we're getting things back together. And then we will be doing a final open house uh, networking event when it's completed. So yeah. you can see the finished product. So it's fun to kind of see the the three stages in there. And um, if you're interested in doing fix and flips or renovations at all, um, or if you just want to network and meet some people in the industry and yeah, it'll be a, great time for all so i think wayne is adding the link to the show notes is that what you're clicking it away is, doing it's in the show notes okay yeah, so the link to sign up is in the show notes um i have yet to add it to my uh link tree uh in my profile so i'm not sure if it's in yours yet wayne but we'll get it in there yes and um i'm gonna i was waiting i was allowing everybody from the podcast to have an opportunity first okay yeah because i was like i don't I, have we even shared the link <laughs> Um, I wanted to give everybody an opportunity to sign up first. Okay. So it's, it seems, it looks like all the, um, the loyal listeners have signed up. It's been two days now. So, um, I'm going to, I'm going to launch that, uh, publicly, publicly okay. today. Um, that is the second I, I, I launch it publicly. <clears throat> the, the remaining spots are going to be gone. So, yeah. um, now I was just sharing something here. Just give me two seconds. Um, Oh, no, I was just, uh, I just had to do some oh, okay. producer stuff over here. So I was just hoping you'd just buy me a second. Uh, Courtney <laughs> says, uh, it won't link for me. Is your, is your link okay? Mm. <laughs> Rain will double check it, but Courtney, don't worry. We'll, we'll, we'll get you guys in. Yeah, it, it, if it's you're not in. working right now and you're trying to do it right at this moment, then just go to Eventbrite. And just oh, yeah, you can go to Eventbrite, look Prairie up Home Prairie Home Investments. Yeah, That's probably yours. Um, Josh in the Podbean app here asks, are you needing any permits for any of the work in St. Albert? How can those play into timelines? Um, so far we haven't, we are not changing anything, um, from, from what it currently is. So, you know, as we dig into the renovation, we'll see kind of like, you know, if anything pops up where we do. Um, but as of right now, we don't, uh, St. Albert obviously does have a different permitting um, procedure and timelines and stuff than Edmonton. Uh, we've heard it can be tricky to get permits if you're not a resident of St. Albert. I did not um, know that. Oh, sorry, things I'm learning through talking to setting up all the trades and getting everybody lined up. Sorry, I haven't shared my learned knowledge, Wayne. 
<laughs> we don't talk. Um, uh, we don't talk as much as you guys think. This this yeah. hour is the most that we talk in the day. <laughs> We're um, very busy. Yeah. So uh, yeah, apparently it can be tricky if you're not a resident, but. Um, what were one of the things that, uh, while I was talking with our, um, plumber and gas fitter is that, um, in Edmonton, what he likes to do is kind of, um, get like a blanket permit and then have the trades kind of like fall in underneath the blanket permit. So our contractor, general contractor actually lives in St. Albert. So if that's an option in St. Albert and we need to get permits and are having trouble, we might pursue that and see if that's an option. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so far we don't need anything. So we're not redeveloping anything. We're not, um, you know, we're just kind of changing, taking out the old, putting in the new. So yeah, yeah we'll see where that takes us. And yeah. Yeah. Basement's already done. Yeah. The basement's already completed. Um, I think we're just swapping out a couple doors down there. That's it. And okay. Yeah. Are you uh, ready to talk about the Alberta Immigrant. Advantage oh. Immigration Strategy? AAI. Or the A Alberta Advantage Immigration Program? AAIP. Okay, I'm bringing in Jeremy right Let's now. Let's do it. Um, yeah, I did a little bit of, I was doing a little bit of uh, poking around on the internet, trying to find some stuff out, but. Good morning, Jeremy. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? We are fantastic. How about you? I'm good, thanks. Can you guys Jeremy. hear me okay? Yeah, you have the voice for radio. <laughs> and he muted himself. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was throwing you a compliment and you mute yourself. <laughs> okay. A little bit of feedback. A little bit of feedback. So, so one thing I should have mentioned yesterday is that you need to wear headphones. Otherwise, this is what we get. We get horrible, horrible feedback. And uh, echo. Is it gone? Is that better? Uh, wait till we talk. Yeah. We're good. We're okay, clear. We're good. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was really awesome that you brought that up yesterday. I think I don't remember exactly the question or, or the statement that you made, but it was something along the lines of is um, how is the new rules for the Alberta advantage immigration uh program going to affect the markets is that is that am i remembering that correctly relatively close yeah yeah <laughs> um so what research have you done into it uh so just looking at it relatively brief briefly um looks like they're going to be targeting some more rural communities um just to try and revitalize uh different areas of the province here um, Alberta actually has seven of the 10 fastest shrinking municipalities and they, uh, they want to reverse some of that. Okay. And, and you're in, whereabouts in Alberta are you? I'm um, just outside of Edmonton, uh, in rural Strathcona County. Okay. Awesome. Right on. Um, so what, what brought your attention to this program? Like I've never even considered it, you know, when I was thinking about real estate investing. So, uh, immigration is actually the largest reason why um, Canada is growing as a population. Um, I have I have some of the uh, other notes down here later, but um, basically, we only we only netted about four thousand people uh, as far as natural births go, and we typically look at about forty thousand uh, immig new immigrants every year, which is sig significantly larger. Wow, it's <laughs> an interesting um, stat. Population growth is obviously how um, <clears throat> uh, 
inflation happens or a lar- large, uh, I can't speak today. <laughs> wait, I, know wait, not that issue. I know the feeling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Population growth is obviously one of the reasons why um, rent increases and how we uh, achieve appreciation in real estate. So it's, it's kind of a key component on, in how everything works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think Alberta so just, just so, like yeah, I think Alberta has been so boring and, and stale for so long that, you know, you just kind of get comfortable and you don't really, the, the key fundamentals and, and, and the indicators and everything that, 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 that drives the market. It's never really been, hasn't been, we haven't had to look at it for a very long time, but things are starting to change now, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's your key takeaways from this, from the changes and, uh, from the program? Um, well, I, I actually, actually have quite a bit of notes on them. Uh, do you mind if I just run, run through them? Yeah. Rip through, bud. Sounds good. Um, so for everybody listening, uh, please keep in mind, I'm still relatively early in the research stage. Um, please research your own decision. Re- please do your own research before making any decisions. Um, these are obviously government policies. I will not be discussing any politics. Um, <clears throat> we do recognize the government as one of the agents of change, but again, please don't talk politics on podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm not an immigrant myself. Uh, I'm the son of a fourth generation farmer. Um, we land pretty much as far away from immigration as possible. So for anybody actually looking to immigrate, um, please talk to one of the immigration offices. So a couple of weeks ago, the federal government announced a very ambitious plan to bring in 1.3 million new immigrants over the next three years. This works out roughly to be just over 400,000 people per year. Uh, this is broken down into four different categories, economic, family, refugees, protected persons, and humanitarian and other. Um, This is a dramatic increase from the 1.2 million that they brought in from 2011 to 2016. Mm. Now, the economic economic is the skilled or semi-skilled workforce uh, that can be used to better GDP growth. Um, For the next year here, this is targeted to be 232,500. Family is the category with people already with blood or uh, marital ties to Canada. This is targeted at 103,500 over the next year. Refugee and protected persons is the one most frequently seen over the news, especially with the crises in like the Ukraine, Afghanistan, and Yemen conflicts. Uh, This is targeted to be 5,000. Uh, sorry, 59,500 over the next year, although with increasing tensions, that may change. And humanitarian and other is the smallest, sitting only at 5,500 over the next year. And Quebec has its own programs and targets and are not included. And neither are students, actually. The Alberta government has stated its intentions to take more than its fair share, according to the Calgary Herald. Uh, and has changed the Alberta Alberta Immigration Advantage program. Uh, this program is targeted to nominees that have in-demand skills and plan to buy or start a business here in Alberta. The primary target uh, will be towards rural communities outside of Edmonton and Calgary, which have seen the vast majority of um, immigrants over the last few years. 
and many of those rural communities have seen reductions in populations due to increased urbanization. Uh, as I said here, they, we have about seven of the 10 fastest shrinking communities in all of Canada. So from 2011 to 2020, Alberta has received between 34,000 and 57,000 new immigrants uh, compared to just <clears throat> um, 12,000 new births last year. And we actually lost about 17,000 um, due to deaths. And we are actually uh, netting just, just over 4,000 in interprovincial immigration. And that, both of those are relatively small in comparison to um, obviously the new immigrants. Mm-hmm. So if Alberta were to maintain its current market share of immigrants, we would be receiving just over 40,000 new immigrants, which is around historical norms for Alberta. With the targeted increase of almost 50% per year from the federal government over the next three years, um, <clears throat> the provincial government is, is looking to take an even larger share each and every year. And so we're targeted to see a massive increase in new immigrants uh, towards rural Alberta. There are some specific communities like Claire's Home and Grand Prairie uh, that have uh, targets to, <clears throat> that have programs to target new immigrants and have already seen healthy population increases um, even before these rural programs started and even in the pandemic year. Um, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me here anymore, but I think Grand Prairie was growing almost twice as fast as Edmonton was. Why do you uh, why do you think that is? Why are they drawing so many um, immigrants to Grand Prairie? Well, they're going to be looking for more job opportunities there. Um, they're a regional power or a regional community, I should say. So there's not much to do in and around there. Um, unless you're actually living in Grand Prairie. Uh, okay, gotcha. Now, one of the ones that I thought was the most interesting is Claire's Home. Um, they actually have a program with the uh, province and the uh, federal government uh, to bring in um, immigrants directly to there. And they've received 5,000 applicants in 2020 alone for people looking for citizenship or permanent residence. Uh, just to put this in perspective, there's only 3,800 people currently residing in Claire's home. I was, you know, I was wondering how many other people were Googling Claire's home right now. I'm trying to find <laughs> it on the map. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a little south of Calgary, but like there, there's not much there. Okay. Yeah. Again, what's, what's the purpose behind it? Is it, just, what's the demand? Why is there a demand there for for, for new immigrants? Um, so this one's actually a federal government uh, program. There's currently six uh, mu uh, rural municipalities that are um, being targeted to bring in people to try and revitalize them. Um, when I was looking at it, it looks like one of the major industries there is actually meat packing, and okay. uh, I believe that they are trying to. Um, get in more workers that way they can bring the cost down there. Okay. I've heard stories about there being some potash mining there as well, but uh, I, I haven't looked directly into that one. Hmm. Interesting. 
due to the size and scope of the program, uh, <clears throat> there was only 20 people that were, or 20 of those applicants that were actually chosen, which means 4,800 people, or uh, sorry, 4,880 people were, were not selected to be able to move to Claire's home. So I do believe this offers a fantastic opportunity for developers and real estate, <clears throat> real estate investors um, to help um, <clears throat> help increase the scope of this pilot program, which was likely restricted due to availability of um, resources and infrastructure. Hmm. Interesting. So knowing how these programs are currently trying to target rural communities, communities how are how do you guys think we could harness uh, the immigration programs to help us oh jeez i have <laughs> no idea <laughs> that's uh, i think you'd really need to dig into those um you know those centers where they're looking at targeting them and seeing you know like what the opportunity is there what are their vacancy rates what's uh what's really going on in those communities what's you know their growth look like all that kind of stuff and like really dig into the research there um you know to look at what the need is is there a need there for investors to come in and create opportunities here's here's the big thing that i keep seeing and there's there's a new word that they added in i think it was in 2020 it's it's um it's repeated quite a bit in the update in february 16th in 2022 when they did another update. Um, so the update, from what I can see on their website, has nothing to do with any changes so much, but they changed a lot of words, and the big key word was entrepreneur. So from what I can see, is it's it's less about trying to find um, skilled trades or you know people with you know specific skills that could be added to the you know existing landscape. Well, to our to our existing jobs and demands yeah. i think what the what they really want is they want people to come and they want people to start businesses startups entrepreneurial entrepreneurs sorry is the big words that i keep seeing all over the website um the foreign graduate startup visa stream is now the foreign graduate entrepreneur stream um i don't have the other page open right now but from what I can see is that it's all about startups and creating businesses. If you start businesses here, obviously you're going to create jobs, right? Mm -hmm. So that's one of the, the big and, things. And different industry, right? Like depending what those jobs are, it could be stimulating different industries that Absolutely. we don't have. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it, I think that a lot of people, and, and this is just very general thinking, and this is my general thinking from, you know, spending years in the trades, um, the, the, the common knowledge is that you know immigrants are coming in and and they're they're taking over um um you know the the, the trades of like you know the the carpentry the electrician the uh, the electrical the, the the welding the pipe fitting and those types of things um and obviously there's again we're not getting political here but that's generally what people thought about these different programs but from what i'm seeing just from me reading it yesterday and today a lot of it the whole intention is to is to bring entrepreneurs and to bring money to create businesses, to create jobs. So um, the other part of it was, uh, where was it? Um, it was entrepreneur. Oh, no, I lost my page. God dang it. It was, uh, it was all about entrepreneurs. And then they had a farm sector as well. <coughs> they were trying to, 
Do you know much about that? Obviously, you're a farm boy. So um, the whole purpose behind what they were doing for uh, for farming? Yeah, they're trying to bring in more farmhands and people to buy some uh, local farms. Um, I didn't look too, too much into that one as, as opposed to the entrepreneur, as you mentioned. Right. Um, entrepreneurial one, they're looking for people with relatively healthy... Um, I don't want to call it net worths, but um, I guess dollar figures. Yeah. Uh, you, depending on how large the family is when you move in, you got to have between eight and $20,000 when you first move here for the entrepreneurial stream. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, sorry, I haven't looked too, too much into the agricultural one. I'm just pulling it up right now, but it's, it's, it's very limited. And, but the, it's called the rural entrepreneur stream is an economic immigration program. Entrepreneurs who want to start a business or buy an existing business in a rural or border community community can submit an expression of interest. That's pretty much all they got here. Um, but yeah, it's, I suppose um, there's a bit of, oh, there's farm stream right there. Uh, international graduates have approved Alberta post-secondary institutions who want to start a business or buy an existing business can submit. Same thing. Same, same, same. Yeah. Different. <laughs> uh, this stream, I'm just I'm skimming through it as I'm talking. Uh, this stream is for entrepreneurs who have the financial resources and farm management experience to establish a new or purchase an existing farm in Alberta. Yeah. Uh, huge demand for that too, obviously. Um, um, I don't think you know a lot more about the farming industry and than I do. Um, but I'm assuming that there is a demand for it. I like it, but it's not for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your vibes. Um, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. To be honest, I mean, I'd have to, I'd have to really let that marinate a little bit and, and to think about how it's going to affect. Cause uh, me, I'm always thinking big, you know, big city, big hub, you know, investments, Edmonton and Calgary. I haven't really looked into the rural as much. Have you done a lot of research into rural investing? Or are you uh, mostly focusing on Edmonton? Uh, I, I've actually chosen not to go into the big cities. My last one, I, I, no offense to anybody who lives in the city. Um, I've had so many problems with tenants that live there. Just the mindset yeah. that they seem to have. Uh, I will be sticking to satellites in the future. Yeah. It's, um, I, I like it a lot. I like the smaller communities. Uh, the problem mm -hmm. is that you need to do significantly more research, and you, I think it, the research is way more important yeah. than buying in a in a safe, you know, uh, a, a, see, say Edmonton and Calgary are just safe investments. You know what I mean? Like, it's a lot has to happen in order for your investment to be affected. Whereas some smaller communities that are you know thirty seven hundred people that rely on you know the mill yeah. or or the meat packing factory, um, one thing goes wrong. Like it can be like, gone in a, in a moment. Yeah. Right. Grand Prairie, they got heavily affected and you know, heavily it hit really hard, um, you know, late two thousands. Um, you know, they bounced back, but you know, that's, that's, that's for me, I I'm looking for boring. boring. <laughs> um, but I do like the idea of the smaller communities. I know that, um, I don't know if Lindsay's on this morning, but Lindsay, Lindsay. you know, she, she's done tons of research into Pinocchio and Lacombe. She loves that area. She's looking into um, very creative um, stuff, you know, with accessibility. Um, she was at the last cabinet retreat and she just blew our minds with, with all of the, the really cool stuff that she's um, researching into. 
Um, I, I love it. I think it's fantastic. Um, is there any particular markets that, that you're looking at, Jeremy, specifically? Well, I love the Fort Saskatchewan market myself, but I've been looking at uh, most recently Vegreville with the Ukraine crisis. Um, uh, Lethbridge is somebody else who was already mentioned on here, but uh, I, yeah. interestingly enough, they actually have a decreasing population. And the price of real estate versus the average income in Grand Prairie is very questionable. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be looking a lot more into that one here in the future. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. Um, do we have any comments or anyone uh, actually um, anything about it? Uh, just some comments in here. Um, Josh actually said, surprised we don't hear more about investing in Grand Prairie. Huge portion of that entire region is built with raised bungalows with up and down legal suites. Major percent percentage of suited properties in Grand Prairie. Uh, it was huge for a while until mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people got burnt there. Yeah. And then, and then everyone was, it, it's funny, like everyone's saying, you know, invest in Grand Prairie, invest in Grand Prairie. And then a bunch of big names get burnt there. And then everyone's like, I'll stay away from Grand Prairie. And that's literally nobody will go there until someone like, you know, someone on a podcast says Grand Prairie's hot place to be. Someone's going to pull this clip and put it all over social media. Yeah. It's going to be trending. And then next thing you know, everybody's going to be buying Grand Prairie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it literally, yeah. sometimes that's how it works. So, um, the reason why no one's talking about it is because, you know, no one's really leading the charge on it. Um, yeah. most investors are looking for someone else who's done it first before. Well, and again, when you see a city that's been, um, you know, is flourishing and then got crushed and then slowly bounced back, it's kind of like, like watching Fort McMurray, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like those, those cities where <clears throat> they they get majorly impacted by an incident and then sure, you know, over time they bounce back, but like, it's just as investors, like you said, if you're looking for boring, then you, you steer clear, Yeah. <laughs> right? You just find place, safe places with just like nice, safe, steady industries. Yeah. So it's, yeah. I mean, like you, there needs to be a level of risk factor that you're willing to take by, you know, looking at those communities. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, well, Carlos also says that uh, he says last year applied for my permanent residence in a new program for the government. And the program was for 90,000 people in all of Canada. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, there's definitely lots of different programs. And yeah. Awesome. Well, <clears throat> thanks so much for uh, for calling in and give us that information, Jeremy. Um, informative. Obviously, like I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. And, and to be honest, I wish I would have. Um, I wish I had a better answer to your question, but you know, it, it's, it's going to take, like I said, it takes some time for me to marinate just to really think about, you know, how we can use that information, um, to our benefit. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, if anybody else wants to reach out to you and chat with you more about it, um, how do they reach you? So they can reach me on, over on Instagram at hemanj 11 Perfect. Right on buddy. All right. Well, thanks again. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Okay, take care. You um, you mentioned uh, boring a bunch of times, as I did. <laughs> um, I had a conversation with uh, one of our joint venture partners last night, and because um, we were considering selling one of our properties, yeah, and uh, there was just an opportunity. It um, there are a few people that were asking about it, and and. You know, it's, I never, like I said, last 
10, 15 years, it's just been so boring and hasn't really been any movement in our market that, you know, you just, you don't think about it. You buy a property, you leave it and, you know, you don't expect it to go up in value. You're not expecting to refinance and pull a whole heck of a lot of money out quickly like other provinces. But um, with with the increased demand and the fact that there's no suited properties in Edmonton, Mm -hmm. suddenly our property, you know, there was some, there was some interest. And uh, anyways, uh, so we had an offer that that didn't really pan out. Um, The the offer, the the person who was making the offer was just asking for too much. Um, So we ended up backing out. So I had to go talk to my, my, um, JV partner about that last night. And uh, he actually, he, he, he really, he really, he wants boring. Yeah. He was actually a little bummed that we were selling it. And I'm like, well, hey man, like we're going to, we've made a significant amount of profit in a very short amount of time. And to be honest, I mean, we can just take your funds and then reallocate them into a new project. I'll find another deal. Don't worry. Because he was real worried about, well, if we take it out, what are we going to put this money back into? Yeah. Um, I'm like, don't worry, man, I'll, I'll find you something like that's That's what I'm good at. But, um, yeah, he, his, his whole thing was all about, he liked that it was, he wanted to keep it for 10 years and he just liked that it was boring. Yeah. And, and um, yeah. I think a lot of, uh, investors are always trying to, I don't know, oversell these opportunities with the appreciation in the market's going to be this, or the market's going to go up. Um, if you educate your joint venture proper, uh, partners properly, um, you should be educating them that, it, that you want boring. Yeah. You don't want volatility. You don't want, you know, prices going up, prices going down, refinances, stuff like that. Me personally. And I, I mean, I, I like, I like the idea of just buying a property, having it go up a little bit, you know what I mean? Progressively over the, the 10 years and then 10 years from, you know, now just selling it, mm-hmm. taking the money out, just keeping it simple. Um, otherwise, I mean, you know, job loss or the mill shuts down or no, no offense, Jeremy, I'm just, I'm just my, my personal opinions. Um, you know, and, and suddenly, you know, your tenants can't pay the rent or something like that because of this, because of this. Um, I, I like it. If, you know, my tenant loses their job, they can just go get another job at, you know, somewhere else down the street. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is li- yeah, literally what the conversation was last night for our, me and my joint venture partner was that he's, to be honest, he said, I'd like to just keep it for 10 years. Mm-hmm. I'd like to just continue paying down the mortgage. I like the cash flow. And um, yeah, it was, it was, anyways, it was funny that I literally just had a conversation about boring last night. Yeah. I see a ton of stuff that I missed um, while we were talking with Jeremy. Um, I see a question from Varsh. Oh, did I miss something? Um, or a comment from Varsh. I believe, okay, was there something before this? Oh, yeah, that was, yeah, uh, very early on. forgot about that. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. Um, yeah, so off topic. Um, so we'll go in a new direction Or here. on to a new topic. Uh, yeah, <laughs> as I said, we'll go a new direction now. Um, in the Podbean chat here, Varsh says, I believe basic wear and tear for... The rental property is responsible is the responsibility for the landlord, but what if the tenant is careless and blocks the kitchen or bath plumbing? Would they be responsible for fixing it? And should that be mentioned in the lease agreement? Can you prove it? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Can you can you prove it? Um 
I'm trying to think of, well, actually, I think Corey has a, yeah, Corey has a comment right below it. And he says, Varsha had a tenant flush a couple dozen baby wipes down the toilet and flood our basement, then break his lease and take off. Unsure whether we could have gone after him for damages, but we ended up having to pay for the fixes. Can you prove it? Yeah, it's about being able to prove it because, you know, how long were those baby wipes? Like, was it them who flushed it or was it from the previous tenant? Or have they been in there for years and it's been just a gradual buildup? Like, that's a really hard thing to prove. Yeah. Um, as far as like, you know, the, the, the flooding of and like, you know, contents being damaged and stuff, you know, there, there's insurance and stuff for that. But yeah, as far as, I don't know, that's a hard one. Can you prove it? Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes the tenant will, um, admit fault. I've seen that where, um, you know, like something like that will happen. And if they've admitted fault in like an email writing yeah, in writing, then yes, absolutely. You can charge them for that. If it was negligence, then 100% you can go after them for that. It's just whether or not you can prove it, That's, which is hard yeah. in these types of situations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, the answer is yes, they would be responsible. If you can prove it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the, how do you prove uh, where the the wipes came from, right? It's unless, of course, they, they they look like they're intact, right? And they they look brand new, of course. So you'd have to take pictures and and then so you're bringing it to the RTDRS, right? And the RTDRS deals with landlord and tenant disputes. They're not, you know, they're not going to call in, um, you know. Uh, expert witnesses to come in and analyze the pictures of, you know, how decomposed the baby wipes are. Um, it's going to be very difficult because they're going to say that's not mine and they're going to have no way of other than, Hey, that looks new. I mean, how does, how does the mediator at the RTDRS make that call mm -hmm. of, you know, the, the, the decomposition of, of a baby wipe from my understanding it, they don't decompose very much at all no yeah um so it's you know <laughs> at the level of uh of soiled how soiled they are. i <laughs> the soiled level i don't know it's yeah it's gonna be a tough one though um uh you, you can be proactive as, as proactive as possible i would say and just say add it into your your introduction with your new tenants. I was going to say education. Oh, how far? I, I'm saying that with resistance because, um, how how far do you have to go with this? You know what I mean. How 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 much common sense do you need to add into your introduction? Mm -hmm. Okay, guys. So just want to point out all of the the the, the basic, um, you know, common sense things. Uh, make sure you shovel. You know. Within 24 hours, make sure you don't put any baby wipes, paper towels, tampons, um, and then what, what list 20 things you're not supposed to put down the toilet? Kids' toys. What else? What yeah. So here's what I so here's what I would suggest is you know you have different like um, sections of your lease like you know stuff on on random things like I like snow removal. How quickly needs to be removed and all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. If you have important sections of your lease that you want to highlight, I have them initial those sections and just highlight in them that, you know, make sure you carefully read over, you know, the sections yeah. requiring um, initials 
And then you don't need to talk about it. You don't need to go through it in an introduction and remind them that you can't put all these foreign objects down the drain and into the vents and yada, yada, yada. But you can make sure that they that they really spend time, you know, going over those sections and making sure. Because sometimes it is just an education component. Not everybody knows that you can't put those things down the toilet. Heck, some of those products say that they're flushable. They're not, you guys. Even if it says flushable, don't put that shit down your toilets. Like people, but some people just don't know that. It's the same thing with like, I just think of like furnace filters. Like I thought I was buying like, because I was buying high quality furnace filters that I was buying the best furnace filters for my property's furnaces. And then my, my furnace guy comes along and says, Oh, whoa, 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 don't use these things. These things are way too thick. It makes your furnace work too hard. You need to use the the cheaper ones. I was like, what? Like you just, you think you're doing right, but you just don't know, right? Yeah. So there's an education component. They're not, what you're saying is they're not always doing it intentionally. And yeah. Like just being. Um... Yeah, it could say that they're flushable. The things that they, they flushed and blocked and clogged and backed up and flooded your suite could have been a flushable product. We've uh, we've never drawn much attention to, to anything like this when when we're no um, bringing in new tenants. But if that's something that you're serious about, that you're worried about, then definitely add it in as as as, as you know into your practice. As um, you know, when you're introducing, I, I keep saying introduction, but like when you're onboarding, I yeah, guess onboarding. new tenants. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a process of going through the lease and going through the different uh, forms and the, the agreements, etc. Uh, if you're if you're a first or second or third time tenant, or even a twentieth time tenant, like it's it's either going to be completely overwhelming the amount of information that you're passing on to them, mm-hmm. or it's like you know the twentieth time you've been in a plane, you're not listening when they're talking about what happens when right. the plane goes down. You know what I mean? You're just you've, you got your headphones in. They say put down your headphones, but you're not listening. You've heard it a million times. So um, it's it's I. Uh, I also think good luck yeah (laughs) I also think about things like um you know sometimes there'll be like a leak under the sink and your tenant doesn't tell you there's a leak it's just like you know every once in a while there's a teeny tiny little puddle to clean up and they just keep wiping it up every couple weeks and they don't notify you and then all of a sudden like it turns into damage and there's like an incident and it yeah. floods into the kitchen and there's just like all of a sudden it's like this big deal and they mm-hmm. call it's an emergency and you have to get the plumber in and all this stuff and then it's like if and then it and then it's the question of like how long has this been like happening like did this just like overnight like flood or has it been a, a, a leak and asking those questions in email or or text mm. form where you can get, sometimes they'll say, oh, well, you know, like there's just been this very slow, like, you know, every few weeks I just kind of like wiped up like this, like quarter size little droplets or whatever. Yeah. Then you have evidence of negligence. There was an issue. They did not bring it to your attention. So it's those types of things. And sometimes you need to coax them into admittance. Yeah. Is that a word? Admittance? Sure. <laughs> it is now. Admitting it. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like just strategically asking the questions where they reveal what has actually been happening. Yeah. Or sometimes saying, like, um, you know, like may, maybe maybe they go and they they scope the line and they find the baby wipes and they tell you that they found the baby wipes, but maybe you go back to the tenants and say, like, you know, um, ha- like have 
we're trying to figure out, you know, like Have why this happened. Have you put wipes? any like of those like flushable wipes or anything down? Like we're just trying to, you know, figure out why this might have backed up. And then maybe they say like, oh yeah, we we use these these wipes and like yeah, whatever. And so like you know, like just trying to get them to talk about get what might, instead it. of being like, oh yeah, so we found a clump of uh, baby wipes down there. So like yeah, like you can't flush those things and that blah blah blah. I didn't flush them. You yeah. know what I mean? It's about the approach. Yeah. You got to be very strategic. You do. And that's why Wayne and I are so freaking strategic. Every email, every conversation, every lease renewal or unpaid rent like is thought out. Ass. We're covering our ass to try to get the outcome that we want. It's not just an unthought email being like, hey, your rent's overdue or hey, you can't do this or like whatever. No, it's like strategic for the outcome that we want. Yeah. So... Uh this is why it's so hard to pass it off to property managers and assistants yeah. like we, we do in some in some cases but um you know when we do pass it off and then we look at the documentation or the communication later on and we read it we're like oh, i wish they would have worded it this way because they probably would have admitted to this whereas now they're saying it's he said she said yeah. um you know there's there's thousands of dollars on the line and as you continue to grow and scale, I mean, you know, your quality is going to go down, but your quantity of property is going to go up and you're going to be making more money. But when you're getting started out, I'd say in the first 10 to 20 properties, I think it's really important to be involved in it. Um, that's my personal opinion. If you can sleep at night uh, uh, <laughs> doing otherwise, then then do that. Uh, I admire it. I can't. Yeah. I can't do it. I, it's hard for me to let go of that. Mm -hmm. um, but there's some good points in there, Gab, that you made about, you know, being strategic and and then your emails need to be very intentional as to the outcome that you want. And guys, this is also why we do email communication and have that communications agreement because exactly. everything is in writing. It's not a conversation about, you know, a slow leak that's been happening for months. It's in writing. So then I can charge them for the damage and negligence. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know what I mean? Like, so that is why that that component of having the email communication is so important to us because not a single conversation goes undocumented for us. Not one single conversation goes undocumented. Yeah. It's all there. At the end, when they move out, we have every single word that they spoke to us in writing. That's Everything. a lot of evidence. Yeah. Should shit go sideways. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of shit going sideways, um, Josh has a question about sewer inspections. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like that. Yeah. Good that, one. That's a good segue. <laughs> um, if you had a sewer inspection that was clear, could you not prove that it's now blocked since the inspection? Uh, sewer inspections just go from the main, main stack, right? Out of the, I don't yeah. know. Is that the proper wording stack? Yeah. I don't know. But I, from my knowledge and from watching sewer inspections go down. Um, we're not sewer experts. Yeah, we're not sewer experts, but I'm pretty sure in my recollection that it's just from the main stack going out of the property. So it's not from every single toilet. But sometimes there's blockage down. Yes, yeah. yeah. But what I'm saying is that things can be missed. Like if there's something being blocked uh, right at the toilet, gotcha. like from the toilet going down to the main gotcha. artery. Yeah. Yeah. So, but also I just see here that Varsh makes another good, um, good point is that that gets complicated if it's a suited property and there's two tenants. Where yeah. did it come from? Whose fault? 
yes, 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 and no. But <laughs> you know, again, when you're going to the RTDRS, the mediator is 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 mediating between the landlord and tenant disputes, not going through evidence determining, you know, that this was present before, and it's not like they're it's it's not it's not provincial court, and and key expert witnesses aren't coming into. Um, they're not calling in the the sewer scope expert or the city of Edmonton, you know, engineer to determine, you know what I mean? It's um, the reason why I'm kind of like pushing this one off a little bit is because it's so hard to prove. And, you know, like these, uh, I'm trying not to be rude. I'm trying not to come across rude, but these are little things that can happen, but it's just do what you can put put a put put something in place to kind of helpfully prevent it but i mean if this is the big yeah. thing that's preventing you from taking action today yeah, you know what i'm trying to say here yeah if this if this gets you all caught up and and not wanting to move forward it's a good question about yeah, good question fantastic question but just let's you know what i mean yeah um put the little preventative measures the education component in there and then move on and sleep at night. You have insurance. That's move it. On. <laughs> you got insurance. Move on. It's his business. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it, the reason why I say it like this is because I, not 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 was Varsh not Varsh specifically for. I'm not saying this to Varsh. I'm saying it generally to um, all investors because these are the. Again, I'm not saying this to Varsh. Um, these are the types of things that I see in different communities and different groups and stuff like that and discussions and networking events. And, and people will literally say, I don't know, like, why, why would I buy something in that area? Or why would I buy that kind of property? Because this can happen, or this is more likely to happen, or this, what if this, what if this, what if this, trust me, you can, you can go for years, literally spitting out all the what ifs of things that can happen with, with owning a property. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but as Gabby said, you know what, just, you got insurance for that. Yeah. Um, you can't control what your tenants are going to do once they move in. There's so many dumb things they can do. And just when you think you've figured out every possible dumb thing you could possibly do, they do something else. Mm -hmm. We had, we had a tenants with a hydroponic garden in a basement suite, mm -hmm. a hydroponic garden. And we're not talking about like, you know, like one of those, like, you know, stand up, you know, little plastic Towers. tree things <laughs> that, you know, you can grow tomatoes you know, like an indoor kind of thing. No, they had like giant rubber maids full of water and they rigged up their own electrical <laughs> to the, to the outlet. Mm -hmm. We don't know what they were growing, but they but saw that it shit on, got taken down immediately. They saw it on Pinterest. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just when you think you got it all figured out yeah. now we have no hydroponic gardens in our lease now. Like it's just <laughs> fucking dumb. Does, does anyone see it? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not, but, um, there's just so many stuff. So the reason why I'm stressing on this is, is to make sure that you're not, you're not focusing so much. Don't get on, tied up. Yeah. Tied up on these little things, you know? Um, yes. You get, get your answer as to whether or not you can charge them and then move on. Yeah. Keep investing. Sometimes I find that I, we ask people to ask questions and then I give answers like this. And it's almost like people aren't going to want to ask questions anymore because Wayne always gives those kinds of answers where it's like, you know, suck it up. You got insurance, move on. Um, nobody wants to hear that. They want a good and solid answer. We gave a good solid answer, but I have to just keep reiterating the fact that um, I, I hear, I hear questions like, like this all the time, not him and from other people. 
And it's literally what's preventing people from taking action for years, mm -hmm. years. Well, yeah, there's a different, there's a difference between what if this happens and this has happened. Can I charge them? You know what I mean? There's a difference between um, speculating and getting paralyzed about, yeah. you know, if this is something you're going to have to worry about and uh, versus, oh, shit. I, I had this incident. Can can I charge them? Yeah. Do, do I have to suck it up? What's the situation here? Okay, great. Yeah. Now moving on. Yeah, not not on this one. Yeah. Um, other ones where you can prove absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think there was another example that you that was said, and I can't remember. Ah, fuck. Yeah. Script. Um, what else we got going on? Here? I, I wish I knew what Robin said. Wow, too. Sometimes I miss like sometimes comments I just said in the moment, and I'm like, oh, what was that in relation? Probably to something I said. <laughs> No, it's like, wow, Wayne, way to be a dick. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I have this theory. I have this um, this belief that um, I'm okay if 90% of people think I'm a dick, if that means that 10% of people are actually going to take action and, and get what they it. want out yeah. of life. <laughs> For sure. I've, um, I'm not going to lie. I've. I've lost some coaching clients and some mentees yep. because I pushed too hard. Now, did I push too hard or, or were they just not cut out for it? Yeah. Um, if they can't handle me, then they definitely won't be able to handle the stresses and pressure from being an entrepreneur. And yeah, the, there's a difference between one. Oh, sorry. I shouldn't have cut you off. Go ahead. Um, and it really depends on what that person is after. If that person says they want to buy five properties, pay them off in 20 to 30 years, that they have something to leave behind for their kids, I won't pressure them. That's what I was going to say. But if this person is telling me that I want $100,000 a month and I want to be the greatest real estate investor in Edmonton, then I'm going to push them. And if they can't handle me telling them, you know, me pushing them yeah. for greatness, then it's, then it's not worth it. So yeah. I say that because I... I, I've come to terms with it that yep. some people will think I'm a dick for the way that I say things, but I hope, you know, for the 10%, the 10% of people that I get messages from, and you've seen the messages, I, I share them with Gabby and for the people that, that reach out and say, Hey, that podcast, that mm -hmm. really meant a lot to me. Yeah. The way that you said that it made me, it made me really rethink everything that I've been doing and I'm going to go and do this today. It's That's what I'm looking messages. for. It's yeah. for those. Yeah. Right. I, and I've come to terms with that. It's 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 part of what I do. Yeah. Um, and I'm okay with that. I, yeah. It's it's the ten percent that I'm looking for. I the people that are really going to go and do some amazing things. Who who was it that that said to you? You had a little bit of like kind of a a breakthrough at some point several years ago, and said like you have to realize that not everybody's going to like you. Oh, Patrick Francie. Patrick Francie, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. He took he took you aside and said, you know, like you're doing great things and you know, I see the hindrance and I, and you need to know that not everybody's going to like you. You need to keep doing what you're doing. Not everybody's going to like it. <clears throat> I think it's something a along those lines. Yeah. I think it's a valuable lesson that I want to pass on to everybody else that's listening. Yeah. Um, because it just doesn't, it's just not just for, for me, it's just for everyone that, you know, sometimes you're going to talk about real estate investing and someone's going to think less of you. Yeah. You know, you're going to, you're, you, you're putting stuff out there that you have opportunities and some dick, you know, at work or some dick, um, on Facebook, you know, says something you, you, you show vulnerability 
and someone, you know, takes advantage of it and, 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 you know, insults you or, or puts you down for what you're doing. Um, that's them. Don't let them affect you because, you know, there's going to be, there's going to be 10, 20, a hundred of those people. And then the 101st is going to be your joint venture partner. Mm-hmm. So you just gotta, you gotta stay strong and, and not worry about what people are thinking about you. And just know that if you're doing it for the right reasons and you're doing it for, you know, you have good intents, then win-win. and you're doing it for win-win, then it's, it's all worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a tough one. That's a, it's, it's a big tough one that, uh, you know, I think a big mindset shit, 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 <laughs> mind shit. a mindset shit, a mindset shift has to happen when you're looking for joint venture partners in that it's not agreed. It's not, I need this person in order to succeed. It's <clears throat> that you're, you're mutually helping each other. You're also growing your, their wealth mm-hmm. and somebody needs to want that in order to say yes. Somebody needs to be able to see that in order to say yes. Yeah. But when you change your mindset that you're not just that this isn't just for you. This isn't because you need that person. You're doing it for a mutual win-win. That's when you're going to be successful in quote unquote convincing people to invest with you because yeah. you're actually doing it for the both of you. You're helping them. We we naturally gravitate towards, you know, joint venture partners, but just in general, just in general, when you want to be an entrepreneur, when you're, when you're bettering yourself, when you're improving yourself, um, you know, you step outside of your comfort zone and, and you, you open yourself up to change and, and that might be, you know, doing things that you weren't comfortable with before, um, speaking differently, you know, um, changing your surrounding, changing your circle of people. Um, some people are always going to resist that Mm -hmm. they're going to, they don't want you to change. They don't want you to start posting on social media. They don't want you to start talking differently, dressing differently, walking differently. Mm -hmm. Right. There's always going to be people that are, that are in your way and you, not everyone's going to like it. And when you become successful and when you start bettering yourself, actually, to be honest, um, if people aren't resisting, and impeding you, then then you're doing something wrong. You're you're, you're clearly not, because <laughs> I'm telling you, I don't know anyone who's yeah. ever tried to better themselves and they weren't. They didn't come up with resistance. Yeah, there wasn't somebody or a group of people that that tried to prevent that from happening. Um, but that's why they say you need to audit your circle and why you need to surround yourself with like-minded individuals. Mm-hmm. Cut those fuckers out now. Don't wait till tomorrow. This don't wait till next life. year. Cut them out now. Jesus, move to the other side of the country. Move to another city. Mm-hmm. Do whatever it takes. It's gonna suck. Yeah, you're probably it's gonna it's gonna be detrimental to whatever you built. You're thinking to yourself, well, I work with these people. There's nothing much I can really do. Quit your job. Go get another job. Yeah. Make ten dollars less an hour. Who gives a shit? Quit your job altogether. Go all in on yourself. Do whatever the fuck it takes. Stop thinking about the detriment that it's gonna have on what you've already built. So uh, now I feel like I'm going to go on a rant for another hour, but so often I'm constantly hearing, yeah, but this, I've already done this and I've worked so hard for this. I'm not going to point at anyone, but this was a big thing at the cabin retreat mm-hmm. this, this past weekend. There was a lot of, yeah, but I've worked so hard to build this and it's hard to let it go. Mm-hmm. I'd love to continue to move in this direction, but I feel like I owe it to myself. I owe it to other people. 
because I spent 10 years in school building for this, or I've, I've built, I spent 10 years building this career. At the very least, I should see it out for a few more months. Mm-hmm. You, a few more months. Just wasting time. And that's, that's something we don't have. So pull off the Band-Aid, cut them out of your life. Think about yourself. Don't worry about what others think. Go take some action, okay? Yeah. And if you're having trouble, text me. All right? My phone number's here. Send me a message. I got your back. Live your life. You only got one. All right, guys. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com.